0: Welcome back to The Change Physician. I am Melissa Cady, the challenge doctor with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Kakaro. And, uh, you know, Saturday Salutations all about saying hi, like, uh, hi, Kevin. And hi hi to the world out there. Um, I'm actually going to cross post this uh, over to challenge doctor. So my own personal little other page can see what we're up to as well um kevin might be busy trying to do some similar things but um so how are you doing kevin oh you know me i'm doing well (laughs) doing well good i'm doing
1: well well Well. so
0: anything exciting over the last uh week since we've chatted
1: um what god you just attacked me here while i'm trying to post this stuff okay well Uh, i'll talk about myself then (laughs)
0: I can't, you know, I can't do two things at once. I know. I know. know, um, Why don't I do this? I'm going to share what's happened in the podcast. There you go. There you go. And recent releases and what's upcoming possibly. Um, So today is March 10th. So this past uh, Sunday, we released episode 239. And uh, it was about Arnold Schwarzenegger. We never have really talked about someone famous or... You know, whether you agree with him or political things or whatever it is, there's some really interesting, you know, twists and stories and turns in his life. And he's really the epitome of change. And um, I would say, dude. Yeah. And he's, and there's just, there's not a lot of people willing. I mean, it's hard enough to be famous. Let's just say that. And not that we know, (laughs) but, but it (laughs) appears to be (laughs) based on
1: my experience.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I guess the thing is that you can at least appreciate the fact that, um, you know, you have to contend with that. And then you have to, you know, you realize everyone's watching everything you do and he's made mistakes and he's he's admitted to them, uh, whether it was because he was found out or whatever the reason is or come forth beforehand. Regardless, um, he's done so many different random totally different things in his life that, um, you know, Kevin brought it up and I thought, you know, I agree. Let's just talk about him and his newsletter and some really succinct, um, pieces of information he puts out there, especially in the world of fitness, cause he's had quite a bit of experience with it. So any comments on that, Kevin?
1: No, other than, you know, I, again, we don't, we, this was a total random thing, but I, I really like his newsletter and I, um, I subscribe to a lot of newsletters. I did it for a long time just to watch kind of how people market it. um, but the information is good. It seems very balanced. They reference things and, um, just no BS. I mean, that's, that's the, they're not trying to sell you anything. I I mean, I'm sure there's gotta be something in there because at some point, you know, there's, I think he has an app coming out or something, but, uh, you know, he's very straight into the point, particularly when it comes to fitness. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate it. So I enjoy it. You know, I, um, yeah. I enjoy it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, especially when there's so much, you know, information
1: garbage. Helpful. (laughs) So garbage out there.
0: Yeah. As a personal trainer before I became a physician, there's definitely um, you know, they're just I and also someone who really treasures um, you know, just the capacity to change our bodies and how they're how they're amazing when you take it down a, a good path that is um Helps it become more resilient. Um, I I think it's nice to have that kind of information kind of filtered for you, um, so that you can be you know not drowning in bad information. Well, and, um,
1: and somewhere along the way, and I bet we could sort of. I mean, if I had to guess, I would say the late 1800s is probably where I would put start pinning this stuff. But there was a um, either a conscious or or unconscious kind of paradigm shift to make people's bodies appear to be weak. Like somehow these things that we were born into and grow and have this massive capability of healing and resiliency, including the brain. Um, there are so many people running around who are scared of their bodies and every little sensation that they have has got to be something pathologic. Yeah. And it just drives me freaking crazy. Like um, the, the majority of the time, if you stand out and get out of the way of what your body does, you're going to be fine. There's very, there's, you know, acute interventions. You get a car accident, you're bleeding out. Obviously that works really well, but so much of the other stuff, the chronic disease conditions, people are just so terrified of moving their bodies. And all of a sudden they feel something like, Oh, I can't move. I'm just thinking about, you know, there's, I can't think of a single chronic condition where moving more is worse than moving less. And yet the, the, everybody moves, tends to move less and move more. And they're, I, I did I bring up. I thought I talked about the ad, I think, one long time ago on a Saturday send, uh, Saturday salutations or Friday, whatever. Whatever day we were doing it, when I went and saw my PCP and on the wall was talking about, you know, falls and whatever. And I was like, oh, they're going to talk about training and balance training. And no, it was an ad for something that if you do fall, which doesn't address the problem at all. Yeah. Like, well, you're just older, you're just going to fall all the time. Man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. It's like you need us. Give us your money. Yeah, like we're gonna make you petrified of of your own body. Um, and we all know that anyone who understands somewhat of medicine or biology and can get down to the the tiny microstructures, like the cell level, and you know, this many potassiums for this number of sodiums, all the pumps that are part of each cell and the billions of cells you have in your body. If we were trying to like control all that, we'd all be dead and extinct. Like there's the body is freaking amazing. Yeah. You can keep, you know, you can be intrigued, curious, you know, not ignore some things that are kind of like progressively getting worse, um, in the sense of like, um, you know, there are rare case, cases of some cancer and all that stuff. Like, you see a big growth in your head, don't wait till it's four feet wide. Like, there are some <laughs> things that progressively can get worse. It cuts off your airway and you can't breathe. I mean, there's there just some, my horn. <laughs> it's just common sense of paying attention and not being in denial. There are definitely people that are in denial too. So, um, you know, yeah, but yeah. I do think we've lost
1: common sense about this stuff, and and people have for have just forgotten. And I don't know. I, again, I don't know if it's they forgot or if they've been we've been taught by ads and advertising and everything else is literally most of the time, I'm, almost all the time. If you just back off and let it rest and recover, your body's going to be fine.
0: Yeah,
1: um, yeah. and. Yeah. I, it, I don't know. It just, it's just, it's just insane. Just crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway. I mean, I, t- I tell people all the time, you know, it's like, thank God your body's amazing. Thank God it stops bleeding. Um, in most cases after surgery, well, that's, um, an,
1: that's an old anesthesia saying, you know, all bleeding stops eventually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I, <laughs> yeah, As long as it really is stopping bleeding uh, before an episode your, on tank on... is out
1: old anesthesia sayings because there's so that was the other one i really liked is you know the crisis situation the first person the first person's pulse to take is your own i always love that one
0: yeah
1: Um, what else is there anyway anesthesia's got great sayings
0: yeah well it's a very unique field that is very um um it's an enigma to a lot of people because first of all their consciousness is usually altered around the time you're getting it (laughs) And uh yeah, the surgeons are glad you're doing it, not them. You know, there's just uh there's a lot of it's you don't really understand it unless you kind of do it all the time, um or see it all the time, at least to a certain extent. But yeah, once you're the patient though, everything is, you know, even when I'm the patient, it's, it's so bizarre. Um, but did
1: I talk about that last time? The, I had a colonoscopy. Did I tell you that last week?
0: Uh, I think so. Yeah. All right. and I was
1: bragging about my yeah, colon yeah. and how awesome yeah. it is, but yeah. it is the, it, that is like the first time I ever had anesthesia.
0: Uh-huh. Like,
1: um, the only, I'm trying to think of other procedures I've had. I've only had like one other one and that was LASIK. And that was hilarious because they gave me a volume, I think. And I said, take those 20 minutes before I took it. And it had not hit by the time they started doing their yeah. procedure. It hit about 30 minutes after everything was done. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I did, that sucked but yeah. uh but it's it's just super interesting because you know one minute you know they're pushing propofol and you're just kind of like Oop. and then the next thing you know all i remember is kind of hearing some voices and is poking up open my eyes and looking at things and it yeah. was just it's just so weird how you can just turn off but i guess it's sort of like i mean anesthesia is not the same thing as sleep but like yeah. no one ever knows you don't know when you fall asleep like
0: yeah and like oh this swear- is the moment
1: i fall asleep you know you don't know that
0: yeah it's yeah so weird. people People feel like they're in total control and that their perception, their awareness is, they feel like their recall of awareness is when they were awake. But it's like, I try to get across to people, like I give you relaxing medicine called midazolam from the pre-op area to the operating room. And you're still talking to me. And I had, you know, I've had, you know, I can't reveal patient details, but there was one patient who was, you know, related to this other patient and they down that they were, they were totally knocked out before they went to the surgery or to the operating room. I'm like, no, you weren't. You're were talking mm-hmm. to me. He's like, no, I wasn't. I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to debate this, but every single patient is talking to me or at least is capable of talking to me. If I talk to them um, in 99% of the cases. <laughs> I, just... And that, Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't give me any Benzo. Cause that's the stuff that um, I'd remember that too. Like having really detailed conversations with people. Yeah. And they're just like, well, and like no, you know, I mean, I've never had anybody like reveal like crazy stuff.
0: Oh, like, it's rare, but yeah. it
1: is it is bizarro and uh yeah, yeah. yeah but you know, grade amnesia.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that people are. Uh, you know, if you lived in a different, if you did not live in the 1900s, well, I mean, it started in like late eighteen hundred or <laughs> later 1800s. But let's just say legit, like more modern anesthesia. I would say 1900s and uh. The 2000s, like, there's no other generation of human existence that we know of that's had the capability of getting all these elective cases on a spur of a moment and be able to be asleep for them. Like, mm-hmm. just it's such a, I don't. People are so used to our current modern civilization that they don't, they don't even like step back and look at the big picture of like, this is pretty remarkable that we can do this. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean the risks are pretty low for healthy patients, some bad things happening. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of a unique thing for our gener last couple generations, but or few yeah. generations. So anyway, um, let's see, the most recent Thursday, Thursday throwback, we had uh Myesha Claiborne, Claiborne, Um, she's an integrative family physician that we it was actually from episode 63 that we had interviewed um regarding her going into neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis uh from her family um regular family practice so she has quite a uh an interesting path and she has another we have another thursday throwback on her about coaching so that'll come up this next thursday and we'll leave our our next episode uh, a mystery for tomorrow so
1: or tomorrow a mystery tomorrow
0: tomorrow. (laughs) so and uh i guess i'll just mention that um my uh 10, almost 11 year old cat is getting adapted to our new, um, puppy puppy is, um, I I have to say this story is kind of hilarious because, uh, if the dog charges, uh, if Rico charges the cat, um, Zeke, then Zeke is hissing, not quite as strongly as before. Um, but I'll say if the cat comes up to the dog, suddenly, We had a couple episodes where our little puppy decides to lick the cat and threw it in disarray and like didn't know what to do with that. Um, Wouldn't hiss, but I think it's kind of interesting to see, depending on when he feels threatened, especially, Kevin, with all your training you do with understanding protection and stress or anxiety and threat, you see it like with the cat and the dog. The cat's approaching the dog and the dog is just kind of like standing there and doing all these sweet things it's not going to like lash out but the other way around a little different story so just Pretty another yeah another lesson of is he threatened or not yeah <laughs> so anything from your side um no not really i guess nothing too
1: exciting this week i'm gonna um I've workouts? been doing a lot of walking. All my workouts are going really well. So I, I, the, the biggest thing is I will be hitting the big five Oh in a couple of weeks. Yay. And I was, I was overlooking cause way back when, so two years ago when we started the podcast and I was talking about my kettlebells a lot uh-huh. and I've said it on other times I was, my goal was for some weird thing is to get to the 48 kilogram bell and be able to do the 10, you know, that's basically a hundred swings and 10 Turkish ups um, timed. I don't do it timed. Um, and I'm not going to get there, but I was like, well, where was I when I started? Yeah. So I went yeah. back and I looked at my birthday because I log all this stuff. Yeah. And two years ago, I was at a, I was doing, um, I was a 40 pound kettlebell and I was introducing a 50. So I was transitioning to the 50 pound kettlebell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And right now I am on a 70 pound kettlebell
0: Wow. and I'm
1: halfway through transitioning to the 88 pound kettlebell. So that's a, a 40 kilogram bell, and I'm trying to get to the 48, but it will probably, you know, just looking at the history, it'll take another realistically two years, probably. So next year it should be the 44 kilo, kilo bell and then the, and then the 48, probably after that. So it's pretty cool. I mean, it, it's it's neat to look at that stuff, and that's one fun thing about kind of charting
0: mm-hmm. everything.
1: And then I introduced walking. So I decided I'm like I'm gonna add some something else. And so this this Outside. year. No, no, no. I'm not it's like everybody says that. And my wife's like, well, I, I I literally like to walk on our treadmill. Okay. When I was changing for um way back when, when I used to run in San Diego and I was training for a half marathon, half marathons, I would run on the treadmill. I'm one of those weird people. I just like to run and to walk on the trail. It's, a, it's this controlled environment. Mm-hmm. And I just get on there and I literally start doing, I listen to music and I do all the junk stuff that you would, that you kind of, this wasted garbage that otherwise you would feel kind of guilty doing, Lazy. like yeah. reading or flipping through Facebook or watching some stupid yeah. nonsense video or yeah. playing a dumb little app game thing. and But I just do that. And then um, I walk fast. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, this week I'll probably get 25 miles. And I was like, well, oh, I'm going to get 25 miles. In. And then I wanted to think, well, how many miles was I running back in the old days in a week? Um, anyway, so I was just kind of thinking about that. And I want to go back and look at those. Cause I know I have those written down somewhere too. So I've you, really enjoyed that.
0: So you're the epitome of the changed physician. So you've changed your strength. You've changed some habits and added some walking i
1: yeah you know you're representing as well yeah there's a there's a and it's like we've talked about on the podcast all the time is is just these small little increments and most importantly the biggest thing for me is creating these habits of health Mm -hmm. like once you've created the habit um it's like it's like gold i mean you can always break them depending on how difficult they are but uh, I think a year ago, we talked about this is I, I have transitioned in such a way that activity is such a huge part of my life that if I'm not doing it, it's uncomfortable. So that's where you kind of know where the habit is set. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in a situation where you're not doing what you would normally do with the default behavior is, or the default behavior of that day is, then you know that your habit is somewhat established. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it it is it is really weird. And of course, then I'm like, oh God, I wish I had started this in my 20s and dah, da da da. Yeah. da but, Whatever. Man. It's, it's awesome. Like I, uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to be turning 50 and I feel stronger than I have since I wasn't, since I was 18. I feel healthier than I have since um, when I was running a lot, I felt pretty good then, but I feel better now, I guess I, it's, it's cool. I, it is. It's uh, and I think that's why I get frustrated returning to the beginning of this conversation yeah. is that so many people start getting older and they fall on these age related beliefs Mm -hmm. And, you know, health related beliefs and age related beliefs are really, really funny, because you start looking at the data behind them, they're better predictors of function than a lot of objective measures are. And people think that, um, you know, we we put all this, we we, we don't talk about what people's belief systems are. Mm -hmm. And we don't challenge those belief systems instead we tend to feed into these ideas that at the older that you get the less secure you are the more frail you are the more this you are the more you can't do and i i do think it's just an absolute detriment to society because um because yes there is some degradation that occurs with with time but it is certainly not to the extent that people make it sound. And it is nothing close to how bad it can get if you don't maintain or pursue or try to get better. Right. Um. Yeah. So that's obviously that's based on my own personal experiences with that. So I'm heavily biased. But the data, as I always let, you know, anecdote is fine. As long as your anecdote is based on evidence. It's not right. anecdote based on or contrary to the evidence, which is another big piece p- p- of mine. So well, get out there and move, folks, no matter what yeah.
0: And the data, as you said, like things start like getting a little weaker or things get a little bit less resilient. Things don't maybe heal as fast. Like there is this decline that happens. The problem is when you completely don't take care of yourself, the decline is way more abrupt and you can hit hard. Meaning, yeah, you can like, there's all kinds of things that can go on wrong. Um, but by maintaining that fitness and the strength, just look at muscle mass. You're going to lose a little bit every year, every decade, and it's going to go, but if you are basically pushing it and helping it smartly start low, go slow, (laughs) and you maintain muscle mass, not only are you going to like help manage your weight because your furnace, uh, which I always like to hone in on since I was a personal trainer. If you don't have much muscle, you don't have a high metabolic rate. So there is a certain level of, for the most part, there are exceptions of things, but if you don't have good muscle mass you're going to be more prone to falls. Your, your balance is probably not going to be as good. And you can just look at the data in general. Like if you want to maintain some level of independence and balance and strength, um, stamina, whatever you want to call it, you've got to put in the work and it doesn't have to be like killing yourself every day. It's just the consistency. And I am like the biggest believer based on data too that is the best thing for us to do. And, and our beliefs, unfortunately um, are connected to our behaviors. Um, so
1: I want to say, unfortunately, well, because that's can be a good thing, but,
0: but yeah, it, they're tied together regardless. <laughs>
1: they're, they're They're, you know, it, it, it's um, like, is the more and more you, you learn about beliefs and belief systems, the more in awe you should be of how powerful they are. Like that's in and I don't know. So I I know I talk sometimes and people might might hear me and I can and maybe this is my own negative belief that I'm like, oh that they just look at me and and I can almost feel like they're just shutting off thinking I'm crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, and and so often I just won't talk to people about it anymore. Yeah, uh, and then they'll say stuff, and I'm just like, oh my god, I can't even believe they're saying this. But I know what's gonna. If I even open my mouth, th- this is my own limited belief. If I open my mouth, and they're just gonna get mad, or you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, it's part of
0: it dissonance too. It
1: it, it is, and it, and that's the you know that's the 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 part about beliefs is they're they're designed to round promote actions in in kind of limited information's context. One of the reasons for them, and they kind of provide a sense of self and a sense of of internal coherence of who you are. Yeah. That can be very good mm-hmm. if that internal coherence and that underlying system is designed in such a way that keeps you healthy, maintained, you know, promotes positivity, you know, relationships, uh, recovery, that kind of stuff. But when your belief system is in such a is either been kind of damaged or maladapted in such a way that they're now there, these limiting, these factors where you believe you're older, frail, that you can't move, that everything you do is going to end in pain. It becomes this wicked spiral and, and, the the again you know coming back to the belief the problem is is beliefs are designed to be re- resilient they don't like to change and particularly the tighter and tighter and tighter you have to that kind of identity belief because you have superficial beliefs but are more like attitudes and bringing them down 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 but um and they're designed in such a way so that you're not totally willy nilly because if you didn't have a belief system then you wouldn't be able to watch QVC without going bankrupt. Because as soon as someone said, this is the greatest thing and you need to buy it, you'd be like, oh yeah, okay. And you'd buy it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it makes it hard when, when people's health beliefs are wrapped around poor health or poor, you know, maladaptive mm-hmm. patterns of behavior.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is a freaking bear yeah. to, and everybody who's in primary care should know this because you guys have the toughest job out there and you're dealing with belief systems all the time. Yep. And, um, you know, it was like, well, why aren't those patients being healthy? It's step back and, and look at what they believe to be true and what is, yeah. you know, what do they think is possible? And it is really, really hard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> really, well, really hard to change. And and the hardest thing is that when you entrench those beliefs, because they don't like to change in the first place, you go through 10, 20, 30 years of that belief that got you to the predicament of either you're 500 pounds or now you got COPD or now you've got this osteopenia or osteoporosis, and all these things over a lifetime, that those beliefs you had created the behaviors or lack of behaviors that would have been healthy for you, you have even less most, and this is just based on my perception, less belief, it is harder to believe that those things were true, unless you're just so fearful, and maybe you're gonna like radically change your life. But I feel like it's so much harder to get people to wrap their head around that this little habit. If you had done it for the last 30 years or got rid of a certain habit, that that would have made all the difference versus blaming on genetics, blaming, or just whatever denial or beliefs you have at that point. I just feel like it's extraordinarily difficult. And it's like going uphill backwards with these people. And it just takes a certain like connection or trust or an aha moment for people to start doing that little thing to actually start reversing your life. Because for most people, it's really hard to make them believe that they could change their lives. Oh,
1: well, and absolutely and or feel and, different.
0: And, like they don't they don't know how to feel any other way.
1: Oh, yeah. And beliefs drive behavior, right? And be and and then behaviors reinforce beliefs. So you got this wicked cycle going back. Because if you do something over and over and over again,
0: mm-hmm. it
1: will tend to revise your belief system. If you believe something, you're pretending to do the behaviors that are associated with that belief. Yeah. So it's like, well, how do you change that? And one, you know, like for particular health-related beliefs. One of the ways that you can do that is instead of actually going after the belief is go after the behavior. Mm -hmm. So if you can just get someone, okay, so someone is completely sedentary. And if you can just kind of persuade them or motivate them to start daily movement and then Mm -hmm. build from there, then over time, what tends to happen is then the, the, the underlying belief can shift. It takes a long, long time. Um, But it's, it is, it's so there's no quick fix. There's literally no quick fixes when it comes to this stuff. And we certainly don't learn about this in medical school. Like we just learn the pills and this and that. And then we get all frustrated. (laughs) Nobody's changing and won't do what we say. And um, you know, motivated, motivational interviewing has some of this, uh, but you know, I'd say anybody who's really, really interested in motivational interviewing should start looking at sales psychology because it is literally based on sales psychology.
0: Yeah. Uh, But. Well, I'm not going to go on. I, I know we're going to finish off here, but I just wanted to make comments. I just spoke with, I do my virtual anesthesia consults ahead of time had one patient in particular has to do with all the pain stuff, interventions mm-hmm. and everything. And even they it's, it's, there was a moment like there was a realization that, you know, because I mentioned something from a modern pain science, um, there was there was a little aha moment she was starting to get without anybody because this person had had multiple things done and you start sometimes it's through that experience for you to change your beliefs when you realize well that didn't help and okay but my belief was you saw that so you you fixed that and what what i still have pain like so there were they were actually questioning their own belief which is kind of, you know, I even said, there's no reason to be ashamed. You know, you went through this process, you didn't know anything different. You're just going by your, the recommendations and, and, but there's still, it takes sometimes experience um, that the, in the thing between your ears realizes, oh, wow, that belief's not serving me. And no, I don't want that to me, done to me anymore. Like, unfortunately, that's how a lot of people also learn to change their beliefs. So it's so complicated.
1: Well, it, it, there's a little piece of dissonance in there. They had something done and didn't do it, expected to do. So there's dissonance. So then it has to actually align something you Have to either change the behavior or change the belief.
0: Yeah. Um, well, this person's time, open. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this person's open to, you know, me just sending some links and learning about modern pain science. Oh, who happens to have someone they know in the medical training in the, in medicine who would probably be very interested in the modern pain science. So it was just really kind of cool you just never know. You just never know who's ready to be the student. So yeah.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. So you want to take us out?
1: Sure. Well, thank you all for joining us again for another Saturday Salutations, where we tend to talk about all the random things that come to (laughs) mind. (laughs) You can join us here most Saturdays. Sometimes we're on Sundays. Um, And if you're interested in joining the community, you can go to thechangephysician.com. And until next time, stay well.